and we're back. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Hawksense. I am your host, Alex Nicolau, and in this week's episode, we will be doing a short review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, talking about that new Thor Love and Thunder trailer, and so much more. But before that, I need to talk to you guys about what happened with my original Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness review. So, two weeks ago, I had a plan to upload the review, you know, that Friday, whatnot, and the strangest thing happened to everybody in Red Hawk Media who had a podcast coming out that day. Uh, no Game Schedules files got corrupted, Mischievous files got corrupted, my files got corrupted, and it was the strangest thing because we are all doing work on separate computers. And in that episode, I talked about the new schedule for Hawksense, which is that Hawksense will be a bi-weekly podcast from here on out. Don't get me wrong, I love doing the weekly episodes, but sometimes the superhero news gets slow and there's only so much I can do. So every two weeks you will get a fresh new episode of Hawksense. Unless things are really bumping, then I will post weekly. But enough of that, we gotta get into my Doctor Strange review. Now, first off, I had this 25-minute great review of Doctor Strange to upload for you guys. And it's unfortunate I don't have it. But I will be giving you guys a little review and what I thought about the movie, then ranking it obviously, you know, 1 through 10 like I usually do. But I will not be doing a spoiler-free review. And a spoiler review, I'm just going to be doing my spoiler review because it has been a couple weeks since the movie has come out. Hopefully you all seen it. And if you haven't, then I would suggest clicking away, going to see it, and then coming back. Spoilers in 3, 2, 1. John Krasinski. As Mr. Fantastic, baby! Let's go! We'll get to that in just a second, but first we gotta talk about the hate that is coming from this movie. Like, I just don't understand this whatsoever. I have no idea why people thought that Marvel promised them an array of different cameos, because there was a lot of cameos, but I think people were really expecting, like, Ben Affleck's Daredevil or Nicolas Cage to come, at, come back as Ghost Rider, and that just it wasn't the case, and people were upset about it for no reason. But in their defense, it's kind of Marvel's fault that they were thinking that way. They had these shows in this movie lead up to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and they said, you know, the events of WandaVision, Loki, and Spider-Man No Way Home will determine what Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is. So people were expecting this to be like, you know, Avengers Infinity War to Avengers Endgame type of thing, when it wasn't. Saying those three projects... We're going to lead up to Doctor Strange and having Wanda be the antagonist, making us think that Sylvie and Loki are going to show up. Maybe Spider-Man's going to show up. Maybe Kang's going to show up. And after Spider-Man No Way Home, anything is possible. So we all thought the most of this movie. But even without all those crazy cameos, it was still very nice to see a bunch of the little ones that we got in the Illuminati. And I agree. I do think that they overhyped the Illuminati a little bit too much because it was a very small part than they were advertising in the trailers and even on some of the posters but it was still really cool to see i think it was still a lot of fun <coughs> i think it was still a lot of fun to see those kind of what if characters in this story uh because you know like we had peggy carter captain carter and that's like she's an interesting character and to see her like you know brought to life is pretty cool and we have you know maria rambo as captain marvel we have black bolt which I don't think anybody expected. I saw it because I I unfortunately got something leaked for me before I went and saw the movie. But in my opinion, I did not think they were going to bring back this Inhumans from the, the really bad show. I thought they were going to reboot them completely. But I think it's nice to see that they're giving them another chance. Then we, you know, we have Mordo and then we have, you know, I think we'll, 
Oh my god, I still have the chills from that. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic is absolutely insane, and I am so glad they are using him in the MCU now. I know his role in the, you know, Earth 616 whatever is not truly, like, set in stone yet, but I do think that uh, he will be Mr. Fantastic in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie, and, uh, I don't know, <sighs> Uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm really like happy they just kind of gave us that little comfort that like we're listening to you guys. John is Mr. Fantastic, and then uh, the last cameo we got, probably one of the most overhyped cameos that we've ever gotten, uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. That was very minuscule, and if I'm being honest, uh, maybe a little bit of a waste of potential. We could also question if the Fox X-Men movies are actually canon to the MCU like Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield's movies because it's not the same Professor X, it's from a completely different universe. I think it's also a little bit of a waste of potential, especially for Wanda, because this character is linked to Wanda's real, real, real father outside of the MCU, which in fact could be her real father in this universe, so it's a little different. And maybe Evan Peters is the Quicksilver in this universe, so it's her real brother and whatnot. I think it was a little bit of a waste of potential on that part, because, you know, I feel like... One thing it is, it's because Sam Raimi said that he's never seen WandaVision. And I think that's kind of bad for your director not to see the uh, projects that this movie is going to be based on. And I think that was kind of a bad move on Marvel's part. They should have maybe sat him down and told them, uh, hey, we need you to watch these. Because what if he didn't even watch Loki? Because, uh, I mean, Loki didn't have a really big part, but Wanda's the villain, you know? And Wanda's whole motive is from WandaVision. But I feel like it was a little bit of a waste of potential on Wanda's part. Wanda didn't really feel like a very, like, motivated villain. You know, we all thought that she was going to, in the end, turn into a good guy. And it wasn't really her fault of what was happening. She's just trying to get her kids back. You know, she was just trying to travel through the multiverse and get her kids back. And I feel like it was just such a waste of potential on her part. There's probably a lot of moving parts and things that I may be unaware of. So I'm not going to touch into that anymore. But can we talk about Sochi Gomez's performance as America Chavez? She is a brilliant actor and portrayed this character so well. And if I'm being honest, she might be in my top 10 favorite MCU characters now. I think she really stole the show and I think she's going to be a favorite in the upcoming projects that she will be in. And she's going to really make a staple for herself in the MCU and as an actress. But just the movie in general was great. Sam Raimi did an incredible job directing. I think it was a little... <laughs> I'm holding him up to this really huge high standard uh, because of what he did with the Spider-Man trilogy and how beloved that is to many Marvel fans. But I think for the first project that he has done in the MCU, uh, I feel like his one flaw was not watching the projects that are based on this movie. And other than that, it was a great movie, I think. Uh, you could... 100% tell it was directed by Sam Raimi with the way the the um, the camera moves at some points, the way the editing is. Uh, it's a great movie, guys. I have really no complaints about it. I feel like a lot of people were just un overwhelmed or underwhelmed with uh, the lack of cameos. And I think we just need to accept that not all movies can be like Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home was a rare treat. And uh, I know we all wanted everybody to be in this movie. But unfortunately, we have to look at this. Spider-Man No Way Home is a Spider-Man movie, so it makes sense if it deals with the multiverse that other Spider-Men would show up. And in this movie, it deals with the multiverse and other Doctor Stranges show up. But it really, 
<laughs> it really doesn't make any sense of like Ghost Rider or Ben Affleck's Daredevil or any of the Fantastic Four from 2005. Like if Chris Evans shows up and says Flame On, it, 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 it won't make any sense. So that's why I think you guys just should chill out a little bit. All right. So for my official unofficial review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I will be giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Getting away from the madness that is the multiverse, we got two brand new trailers. One for Thor Love and Thunder, and one for She-Hulk, with a new title, She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Let's talk about She-Hulk first, because there's not too much to say. The, the CGI in the trailer a lot of people were dogging on, and a lot of people were comparing it to like Infinity War and Endgame Thanos, which obviously were amazing CGI. And I do agree that the CGI could be better, but it's a, it's a show. It's not really a big budget Marvel movie like Avengers Infinity War or Endgame. Avengers Infinity War had a budget of $316 million, And I know it's still a lot, but She-Hulk has $25 million. And that is a significantly less amount of money, especially when you're doing 9 episodes that are around 45 to 50 minutes. But other than that, it looks really cool. It looks really fun and entertaining. I'm very excited to watch it. But one thing, I just I just can't see it being better than like Moon Knight, Hawkeye, or Loki. I just feel like it's kind of be, you know, a great addition to the Disney Plus shows. But I think it's just going to be like right in the middle. I'm also just really excited to see more Hulk-related stuff in the MCU. I know we are definitely getting an explanation on why at the end of Shang-Chi, Bruce Banner was Bruce Banner and not Professor Hulk. And hopefully we get to see more of, you know, Tim Roth as Abomination. I know he was in the trailer as well. And I don't know if we will... But I believe we will get to see the late, brilliant William Hurt, rest in peace, as Red Hulk. I'm also very excited to see the power dynamic because she's a little different than the Hulk. You know, they have the same abilities and same powers. But the thing about her is that she can control how she acts and how her anger is when she is She-Hulk. With the Hulk, it's just Bruce Banner and the Hulk. There are two personalities, two people living in the same body, essentially. But with Jennifer Walters... She's Jennifer Walters when she's She-Hulk. She-Hulk is just like a like a superhero name at that point. And for all the people who are worried about the CGI, I wouldn't stress about it too much. I do think that it'll get a lot better. We have a couple months. It releases in the middle of August, so there would definitely be an improvement. And there's already an improvement. If you go on Disney Plus and go to the upcoming section, you'll actually see a better trailer than we all saw on YouTube. But let's talk about the other trailer that we got this past monday thor love and thunder looks so good dude oh my god although this trailer was great and it gave us some great insight of what this movie is going to be like a lot of the fans are a little bit upset because they feel like it reveals a little bit too much and i sort of agree so if you haven't seen the trailer yet and one of those people who like to go in the movies a little bit surprised, I wouldn't watch this new recent trailer, but it wasn't too bad, but I did see a little bit of how people could get upset at it. But anyways, this trailer gives us a great look and some great insight of everything that's going to happen in this movie. We get a great look at Natalie Portman's Jane Foster as Mighty Thor and gave us a little bit of theories on how she got these abilities. We also got a great look at Olympus, a great look at Gore the God Butcher. Oh my God. Christian Bale looks so menacing, and I think this matchup and this fight will be one for the ages. 
A lot of people were worried about the design of Gore the God Butcher because it didn't have those long horns in his profile, but I honestly think it looks great. I think if they would have put the horns on Christian Bale like that, it wouldn't have looked so great. The design looks great. I'm very, very happy with it. But one thing I just still can't get off my mind is if that sword is actually made of the Clintar or the Symbiote. For those who don't know, the All Black Necrosword is the sword that Gore carries and gives him his abilities to kill all these gods, but it's not made in Nidavellir like Mjolnir or Stormbreaker, it's from the Clintar, the Symbiotes, Venom Symbiotes. And we talked about this in the last podcast, I'm not sure if they're going to rewrite the origin of this sword or then just give a little nod be like, yeah, Symbiotes are in this universe too, what's up, my name's Null, I'm giving him the sword, whatever. I'm assuming they're just going to rewrite it, unfortunately, because I'm not sure if Sony owns the right to the entire, like, Clintar and Null. But I still think it'd be pretty cool to give a little, like, hey, we're here too, you know? We also got a pretty good look at the new armor that Thor will be wearing, the gold and blue armor. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm also not a huge fan of the helmet. A lot of people were dogging on the CGI. I get it. Just wait for the movie, though, to make your opinions about it. They'll fix it. But the armor is just, it just doesn't seem very Thor, you know? It seems too bright and flashy. I feel like Thor's always been like a, a silver armor type guy. Not like not like just flashy gold and blue. That just doesn't seem like him. We did get a little look at him in the black armor that he wore in Endgame in the first trailer, which I like. I like that armor the best, I think. And finally, something I'm very, very excited for is the introduction of Olympus and Greek mythology in the MCU. I've been waiting for this for a while as someone who is Greek. And uh, loves the Greek mythology side of Marvel. I'm very excited to see what this introduces. I definitely think they're going to leave a post credit scene for Greek mythology. And I'm very excited to see what that door leads to. And over on the DC side of things, we did get a little clip and two pictures of Sholo Meraduena as Blue Beetle. And it looks so good. The costume looks very good. I'm very excited and happy that they're not just bringing this to HBO Max and this will be a theater release. It deserves it. I think this is going to be a turning point from the DCEU. And in my opinion, I think it is the best DCEU costume since the Shazam costume. But I think that about does it for this week's episode of Hawksense, everybody. One thing, our brand new podcast, Flock Squad, is out. The first and second episode are out. I am in this first episode for a little bit, and then I am in the second episode fully. The first episode, we did the Hot Ones card game challenge, and then the second one, we tasted and rated a bunch of different waters to see if waters actually taste different or better. This is also our first visual podcast, so you can go watch it on YouTube or listen to it on all streaming platforms. If you want to check it out and all our other podcasts, you can go to at redhawk.media on Instagram and click the link in our bio. But if you have any questions about Red Hawk Media and maybe want to get involved, you can contact us on Instagram once again at redhawk.media. DM us for questions and more. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys later. Bye.